Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Andre, what does the number 17 mean to you? Uh, 17 uh, flavors of ice cream? No, no, that's, that's a lot more flavors than 17. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. If I say 17 followed by the word years. Oh, 17 years. You must be talking about the Frontier. Yep, that's how long it's been since there has been a brand new Nissan Frontier. And in this episode of Talking Trucks, we're going to be talking Frontier because me and you just got back from, well, Sundance where they do the film festival and we had a chance to get our hands on the new Frontier we towed with it. We took it off-road. Uh, you actually got uh, to drive the SV, right? Yeah, I did the SV. We did the Pro 4X. Uh, we also drove the Pro X, the new model, right? Yep, and so we're going to be talking about all of that. So if you guys are interested in mid-sized trucks or the Frontier or just want to have a good time listening to all things truck, then be sure to tune up the radio. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. You, Let's just you, get into it, Andre. <laughs> no, uh, tune up your iPhones. <laughs> exactly. Turn up the volume. <laughs> All right, let's just get into it. So me and you just got back from uh, Utah, uh, and we went to a place called Sundance. And if you guys have ever heard of Robert Redford or the Sundance Film Festival, this is where it takes place. Now, I was under the impression that it was like in the mountains, you know, above Salt Lake City. I thought it was in Europe. <laughs> which, <laughs> which it kind of sort of is, but it's not. It's only like, I would say, what, 35, 40 minutes outside of downtown Salt Lake City. Yeah, it's easy to get to, and it's like elevation there is like between like six and 7,000 feet above sea level, so it's not that high yeah. of elevation. But dude, before we get to this all-new frontier, I yes. want to thank our Patreon supporters. Yes, you guys are the best. As you know, we don't have any ads running in these uh, podcasts, so it's because of you guys. So who are the people we need to thank for that right now? Well, actually, this last week, we, we got huge support from the following uh, people. Scott Ivlo, Charles Wilcox, Chris Deal, Jonathan Tyree, Daniel Hutton, S-T-I-J-N. Okay. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that. And Annie Barn... Chattery. Tommy and I had a huge argument about this over breakfast. What? Uh, are people who support us called Patreons or patrons? Uh, I don't know what to call them, but I want to thank them. All right. Well, <laughs> we, whatever you are, we want to thank you guys for, for allowing us to do this. And uh, uh, without you, it would not be possible. Um, so let's go back to the frontier. So we got to Sundance, yes, uh, which is a resort uh, that I guess was owned by Paul Newman. Not Paul Newman, Robert Redford, but yes. it's no longer owned by him. Uh, and it's beautiful. It's kind of in the mountains, and there's a river that runs through it. There's a little ski area there. There's Yeah, there's a ski area. We didn't pay attention to a lot of the resort because immediately we were you know, struck by the fact that we took uh, a Nissan NV from the airport. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so this is uh, an That's older it. NV. Yeah, yeah they, they, uh, they, they, they have this uh, a van that, in uh, this is a cool thing about it, that in Salt Lake, you were telling me, there's a company that actually converted them to four-wheel drive. And we saw one of them, which was super exciting. Yeah, yeah. So well, basically, the NV is a, like a full-size van, right? Yeah, it's like if, if you have a lot of kids, which, you know, 
Some people do. In Utah, some people do. <laughs> it's true. They have a lot of kids. Yes. And it's basically like a three or four row, and it's really huge van. It's like a competitor to the Transit, right? Uh-huh. But Nissan is in the process of discontinuing this van for one reason or another. And it's, it's based on the Titan, actually. A lot of components from the Titan are also on the NV. So, so uh, there are companies out there converting them four-wheel drive and making overland vehicles out of them. Yeah, and so Andre was telling me about this, and I'm like, well, how do they do that? How do they take uh, an MV and he said well it's part of a Titan chassis and then lo and behold there goes one driving past it it was (laughs) super cool because it's lifted and it's got like off-road tires on it right yeah yeah. yeah. How so much does that how much does that conversion cost, you know? Oh, dude, I don't remember. We did a video about it. Me and Nathan yeah. uh, actually re- reviewed one. So you can ch- check it out. I think it was either on the Off-Road channel, TFL Off-Road or TFL Now. And maybe if Nissan had built that, they'd still be selling NVs. Yeah, maybe a four-wheel drive is really uh, desirable. Because it, because it's a V8 powered van. Right now there's a huge huge lo- uh, lust and interest in overlanding, right? Uh, and that's a really good platform if you want to build a big overlanding van. Uh, and, of course, what's missing is the all-wheel or four-wheel drive, and if you can get it like that. And like I said, the one we saw was cool. It was lifted. It had, like, black wheels with black tires. It looked sinister. It was just a cool van. Yeah. And what I noticed uh, being in the shuttle yeah. van from the airport, that the air conditioning wasn't very good. The air conditioning was not very good, but that's because I was—I was in the back. You're in a big oh. metal box. I was in the back seat. All right. So anyway, so we get to uh, Sundance, uh, and then they uh, interestingly take us out to this reservoir, and I don't recall the name of it, but it was. I really, do. What was De- it? Deer Creek. Deer reservoir. Creek Reservoir, yeah. and this is a place where people go boating, uh, and of course Andre's a big boater. Yes, and just prior, the day prior, I was on my boat here in Colorado, and I, then I saw all the ski boats that they had. High dollar ones, brand new ones. I was very jealous. Yeah, and you know, there's a, and it's like something inlet. There's a channel on YouTube where people film nothing but these like boat ramps. No, no inlets where boats come. Oh out yes, of, yes, come, it's in Florida. Yeah, it's in Florida where they come out and then the waves get really big and then, like like bad things happen. Right, the people get bounced around, boats get bounced around, and it was kind of the same thing because we were there <laughs> at night for dinner and people were pulling boats out of the. A reservoir, and the problem was, of course, that the reservoir was very low because, of course, we're you know in a drought situation, uh, and it was actually hilarious to see like people with uh, trucks trying to pull their boats out, and how tricky that is. And you do this a lot because you have a yeah. boat. So, what were the mistakes you saw? Well, well, well trying it in two-wheel f- drive was the first well, mistake. Two-wheel drive. A lot of people weren't two-wheel drive because you had and, you had to like half submerge the truck to get the boat in far enough to actually launch it. Yeah. So what happens in the reservoirs here out west, right? Like you said, low on water because there's a drought situation. They're letting out the dam, you know, the water in, in through the dam, and um, what happens is sometimes the lake gets uh, flat. A little bit more, you know, right. uh, not as steep because you kind of want a, a relatively steep ramp to launch your boat. So you can just put the boat in, and your truck remains on land, right, not in the water, and then you pull the boat out. So what was happening here? It was going flat. So people were driving their trucks, backing them up, four wheels fully almost submerged. Yeah, like half in the water. Yes, yeah. yeah. t- you know, almost like up to the bed in the back. Yeah, so that was looked really dangerous, and a lot of people were in two-wheel drive, so they started spinning their tires. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was fun to watch. <laughs> people were like doing crazy stuff. Like I, I, I did not know this was a thing, but apparently, like when you're on the boat, you don't get off the boat until the truck pulls you out of the water. Yes, like, apparently you can't get but out summer. of the boat before. And so it felt really sketchy with like you know not only a boat but like ten or twelve people still in the boat as the truck is pulling it off. 
the the, the ramp yeah. and onto you know the, the the dry part of the of the parking lot. Anyway, and we saw all kinds of trucks. We did. No, we saw a lot of full-size trucks, some heavy-duty trucks. We saw people riding on the hitch, which seemed sketchy as well. Yeah, people for some reason standing <laughs> on hitches while moving. That was really strange. Um, and we saw a forerunner trying to pull a big, big boat too. Yeah, that guy was definitely overloaded. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's good to see. I just thought to myself, set up a camera there and just do like those inlet videos where you, you would see all kinds of wacky shenanigans going on. So anyway, we had dinner, and the next day is, of course, when it got interesting. We did, they did a product presentation, uh, and it was interesting to see that, you know, Nissan, of course, has been in the forefront of uh, truck in a lot of ways, right? They said they were the first to introduce the crew cab. And also the compact truck. And also in like in 1959. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes you wonder why it took them 17 years <laughs> to update the Frontier. And to be fair, it didn't really take 17 years. It took 16 years because last year... So this is a weird thing about the Frontier, and strange strategy, but this is how they chose to do it, right? So we had a Frontier for 16 years, and then last year they decided, you know what, we're going to upgrade the powertrain, mm-hmm. but not change the truck. So, you know, they went to the new engine, which is right. newish, right? It's still a V6, uh, and we're going to give it a 9-speed transmission, which Alex, from Alex and Autos, to Alex, if you were wrong about this, uh, blame him, not me. He said <laughs> that the unit, what's the unit called? Well, it's a nine-speed transmission, and I thought it was uh, makes it? Uh, from Japco. It's, it's a company that's partially owned by Nissan uh, making transmissions. And Alex said that that is actually a Mercedes unit that they're, that they're building well, under, but under, under license. There may be truth to that, obviously. I, you know, I don't doubt Alex, but uh, because they had a partnership. Remember how the X-Class Mercedes pickup truck yes, was actually a Frontier? Yeah. Yeah, so so that was in other markets, not in the United States. So but. I didn't I did not research that, but Alex is uh, one of the most knowledgeable people out there. He's certainly very um, consumer driven, so he knows his stuff backwards and, and forwards. He's tuned in. He's tuned it. in. So yeah. I, I believe that. So yeah, so they did this weird thing where they basically upgraded the power plant uh, and then the transmission, and then this year they redid the truck. Uh, and if you're thinking about a new Frontier, uh, they're building them already in Mississippi. Uh, and they'll be at the dealerships by September, they were saying? That's right. Yeah, they were saying uh, early to mid-September, maybe late September. Uh, you should be seeing them at dealers, and if you uh, pre-ordered one, ordered one, uh, you should be able to see them. Yeah, and you know, when we put up our videos, and there's videos up already on um, TFL Off-Road. We did an off-road video. And truck, yeah. And there's a video on truck, a deep dive. Uh, you can actually take a look at it. Uh, and a lot of the comments in the videos where it looks a lot like a Tacoma, I think it's a lot basically the warrior concept remember the warrior concept came out in detroit it was a uh, really great looking um, very macho off-road truck mm-hmm. uh you know a titan not, yes. a, not a frontier but a lot of that kind of design language i think went into the frontier i mean it looks totally different i mean especially from the front yeah maybe i see those comparisons when you look at the profile or maybe the rear of the truck or rear three-quarter of the truck but it's not a bad thing. I think it looks great. Uh, the front is very square, right? The, the headlights are square. They're LED signature lights. And you got those, you know, kind of vertical elements as well. And then on the Pro4X, you have orange or red tow hooks, which is very, lava very... Lava red, Andre. I'm sorry, lava red. That's what they call so, it. So uh, Nissan has this color called lava red, which for, f- to my eye, looks orange. Uh, when I look at It that. looks good. Whatever, yeah. red or orange, it looks... Lava red, it looks good. <laughs> uh, and then um, 
you know, because of the comments that we put up on the videos on off-road and truck, we decided to do a side-by-side -side comparison of the uh, Tacoma next to the Frontier, mm -hmm. kind of going over feature by feature, how much space there is. So that video, when you listen to this, is up on TFL Truck. Yes, so you can check it out there. You, you can check it out and you can decide on your own if you think that the two are actually very similar looking. So anyway, so uh, let's talk about the power plant because that is best in class. And I'm doing that in quotes. So why am I doing it in quotes? Well, it has the best in, in class horsepower. How much? Which is absolutely true, which is a 310 horsepower. So if you compare it to others, um, many, many others, uh, because there's a Tacoma, there's a Chevy Colorado, GMC Canyon, Jeep Gladiator, Honda Ridgeline, Toyota Tacoma is the class-leading truck. They like sell we mentioned. about a quarter million a year now. At least, and uh, they're on pace. Toyota is on pace to increase that or go beyond it. Um, so this very competitive segment, it's growing segment, it's expanding. And so Nissan hopes to sell more Frontiers with this brand new model. But 310 horsepower is more than the Chevy Colorado, which has 308. So, and this engine, the 3.8 liter, Nissan says it's mostly new parts. I, I even asked them, I said, is this a um, Nissan GTR 3.8? They said, no, totally. <laughs> I was yeah. like, can I twin turbo it? Yeah, the the, the hand-built unit? Yeah. yeah. Is that a hand-built engine <laughs> that I can uh, yeah. twin turbocharge? They said, no, it is not. It's unique for truck use. It has 281 um, pound-feet of torque, which is still really good torque for V6, but it's not a king on torque, right? If there's Jeep offers a diesel, right? Um, GM and um, you know, GMC and Chevy offer diesel engines. Uh, Ford Ranger has a turbocharged gas engine with more torque. Wouldn't it be cool if, like, the guy who built those engines, let's say his name is like Calvin Dupree, you know, I think <laughs> one of those southern names, okay. one of those French names, wouldn't it be cool if, if he signed the engine? And I don't even know, I'm just making fun here, but I don't even know if, it, if the engine is actually built in Mississippi. It might be built somewhere else and then, you know, stuck in the truck. But it would still be cool if they did what they do with the Z, uh, not the Z, the GTR, yeah. right, where the guy actually signs it. Uh, why couldn't Calvin cool. sign it? Uh, you know, yeah. Nissan, have your guy who's building that engine sign it. Or guys and gals who are building it. Just, because, you know, uh, I bet yeah. you he would buy it or she would buy it. It would be kind of cool because yeah, it's Sally unique. Dupree, she would it's, buy it. It's unique. Yeah, I would, no. if I built the engine and they put my name on it, I'd probably buy that truck. Yeah, or or have your friend buy it or your neighbor. It doesn't just or have to whoever. be the GTR. It doesn't have, you know, the, the Germans do the same thing with the AMG where they have Klaus uh, von Horsepower and <laughs> <laughs> sign it. <laughs> yes, sign it. they could do the same thing yeah. uh, with, with the uh, Frontier. That would make it unique. That I would think. be kind of cool. So, uh, yeah, so... Of course, this year they went and completely updated like we were talking about. So we got up, we had a product presentation, we learned all about uh, the trucks of yore, uh, <laughs> the Nissan built. Uh, and then they had uh, a, a truck sitting outside of the um, kind of the, the place where we were having breakfast. Uh, and it was a demonstration truck for all the accessories. I guess there are 80 accessories that now you can buy and install or have your dealer install, right, from Nissan. Yeah, and they're kind of increasing their accessories, right, from before. Yeah. They said they used to have about 50 choices. Now they're up to 80. Which is still isn't a lot because, like, some of the other brands have a couple hundred. Yeah, like Ford and Jeep, they like to tout up to 200 accessories yeah. for their vehicles. But, you know, no matter. It's still it's still pretty cool. So the one uh, you got on the screen, right? That, that yeah. one was the accessorized one. Yeah, and, yeah. like, one of the... 
uh, things that they touted were, were those side steps, right, with the with the rails, with the rock yeah. rails. You can kind of see it in some of these images. Yeah, you can see them. And uh, the cool thing that Nissan said is you can actually take those steps off and then use the rails just as rock rails. But I was looking at it, and each one of those steps has like I think I want to say four bolts. Four bolts. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of work. You know, like I mean, I, I already cringe every time I have to air down a tire. Imagine like having four steps with 16 bolts that you have to undo. You better bring along your electric <laughs> drill. <laughs> drill, yeah. You're going to undo four four steps with 16 bolts. Well, you and know what? where do you but, put them? But also this truck is not super tall. No. So I would argue um, for all mid-sized trucks, and this doesn't only just go to Nissan, uh, for all of them, including the Ford Ranger Tremor that sometimes has these uh, similar steps, just don't put them on. <laughs> Yeah, I because, don't like those steps. Because I'm, you don't really need them. I mean, I it's I mean, only I, about 10 inches off the ground. I know they're a thing. Remember when we got our old uh, Ford uh, uh, F-150? It had one of those steps on it. Yes. Don't don't put those things on it. If right. you're going to go off-roading, they catch on everything. They're just, they're just uh, yeah. It, I guess if, if you have small children, yeah. maybe that helps uh, your child to get in the truck. Oh, um, but, but, but other than that, if you're off-roading, don't do it. By the way, if you guys are interested in our F-150, we had it up on TFL Bids. Unfortunately, it didn't meet the reserve, which is 6000 but it's well worth that. Uh, you know, it's got a bunch of uh, cool parts on it, including a lift, including off-road lights, including brand-new tires. Uh, so if you're interested, uh, $6,000 for our for our F-150 that we use in our series to hell and back. Email us at ask at tfltruck.com. Yeah, yeah and it's got a cool topper on it. Well, we took it off because we're using it as a shop truck, but it comes with a topper. So anyway, uh, the other thing we immediately noticed from that picture, which you changed, but that's okay, are the tires. Uh, and they didn't really increase the, the size of the tires. So what well, we have are hand-cook uh, ATs, right? If I remember right, they're like 32-ish, 31 a, a and a half. Yeah, like the weird size. So, yeah, it's a similar size to what they had before. It's yeah. a Hancock Dynapro AT2. So it's, a, it's an all-terrain tire, but it's a little bit more, you know, like a compromise between a street tire and an off-road tire. So it's not super, super aggressive. Um, and it's about 31.6 inches in height. So technically, manufacturers, and uh, we like to call it a 32 because it's approaching a 32. And... Uh, it's about the same size as before, I believe. Yeah, and that's on the uh, Pro 4X, of course. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the more street-worthy models get more street-worthy tires. Now, the, out of all the accessories, right, and it's, it's the usual stuff of accessories, right, stuff to put in the bed, stuff to make a truck look cooler. The, the, the most interesting one was this uh, radio speaker that, you, you know, you know the Honda Ridgeline has speakers built into the bed. Uh, well, Nissan decided to kind of also add speakers to the bed, but instead of building them into the bed and using the bed as kind of a resonator for the speakers, it's a it's like a little box that you can then attach to the rail in the bed. Uh, there it is. You're showing it in the video, and uh, I mean in, on the screen. And then you can have your tailgate party uh, out the back of your Frontier if you want some tunes. Yeah, it's a cool, it's Nissan branded. Yeah. It mounts into the, like you said, into this um, uh, rail storage system. Uh, rail system in the bed, which Nissan, of course, has, and they were one of the first, actually, to bring the rail system to the bed. Uh, I liked it a lot. And it's, um, so you plug it in, you charge it, it has a built-in battery in the speaker, and then you can play, I think, several hours of music. Yeah, so uh, if you want a manual transmission, um, get yourself a Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> not available. Nissan is not available uh, with a Unfor manual. Unfortunately, you know, there's one powertrain, and that's that V6. 
which is, you know, we asked them about that. We were like, hey, you know, uh, your competitors, especially Chevy with the Colorado Canyon twins, right? Not only is there a six, but there's a diesel, there's a four. They still the four, did they get rid of the four in the, in the Colorado Canyon? The four cylinder. I think it's still around, but they got rid of the manual. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, you know, the, the competitors have a lot, and so does Jeep, right? have a lot more uh, choice in terms of powertrains, but uh, Nissan said that they had uh, focus groups with clinics and uh, you know they, they found that this was what their customers wanted, so I, I can't argue with them. Yeah, but uh, there's a small issue yep. with this um, V6 and the 9-speed. It's The fuel efficiency is not great. It's, it's not, I mean, most trucks in this class are be- with the V6, right? Not the diesels um, are between 9 and 22 combined, so what what is these, 19 is a, and 22 yeah, yeah this is an estimate so there you go you so this it. is according to nissan uh yeah. they're saying with a t- two-wheel drive nissan frontier city as 18 city highway 24 and 20 combined for two-wheel drive and the four-wheel drive 17 city 22 highway and 19 combined which is actually a little bit less than some others so if you look at tacoma if you look at v6 chevy colorado uh that's you know that's on the lower side yeah, and, uh, you know, they don't have, for a new truck, some things that the competitors do. Uh, I can name two right away, actually three. And, and, and whether you like these things or not um, is up to you, but let's just name them. No stop-start, which having talked to manufacturers is usually good for about one MPG. Yeah, so, um, but a lot of uh, owners actually dislike stop-start systems. That's why so, I said, it's whether you like yeah, it or not, yeah. it's, it's up to you, but not available. Right. Um, the one that was kind of surprising was over-the-air updates. Those are becoming a thing. For a new vehicle not to have over-the-air updates is a little surprising because it's not only good for you and me, it's good for the manufacturer too, right? I mean, no consumer wants to take the time and the hassle of having to take their vehicle into the dealership for some kind of a software update. Or a small update. Yeah, or a small like update, that, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 not, it, it's, it's something that I, I don't think... Maybe it's good for the dealer. I don't know. Because once they get you in there, then they can upsell you on <laughs> a radio boombox <laughs> for the bed. <laughs> for the bed. Yes. Uh, uh, and then the, the, the third thing that's very interesting is they don't have electric steering, right? It's still... It's hydraulic. It's hydraulic, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's belt-driven off yeah. the engine. Yeah, like, which is like, pr- pretty old school. Which is traditional. Yeah. And Nissan said, actually, they did it because of kind of that trucky feel. Yeah, I don't know, buy the, that, Andre. The trucky... Trucky steering. Yeah, that one I don't buy. So they said they had consumer clinics, and then Andre wanted to be in that consumer clinic. Didn't I, I did. They said no. They wouldn't allow it. They said I was. I knew too much about trucks, and I would be biased. No, no, you said you would not just be biased, but you would steer the other people in the focus group. Yeah, and I said, hey, I, I still want to be there. But, but I don't buy that, dude. Uh, you know, they said that the, that, the, that the consumers wanted that kind of you know feel. And and look. Uh, Hydraulic steering does have much more feel than electric. Electric is very numb. But if you ask somebody what a truck drives like, it's not like the first thing they're going to say is, well, you know, when you're going into a corner, you get a lot of understeer. Uh, and then if you throttle it out, you get a lot of oversteer, right? That's not what people are talking about. No, right? it's not a sports car. No, it's a truck. It drives yeah. like a truck. Yeah. As long as it kind of goes where you pointed. <laughs> I think that's – and it doesn't doesn't get the death wobble, right? Uh, and, it, and it doesn't, like, you know – Tear the steering wheel from your hands. I think I, so. I'm not sure about that. I, once again, I think I think that may be a, a cost thing, in my opinion. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so so those are the three things that it doesn't have that many of the competitors might have. 
And it also unique because well not that unique I guess because the Ford Ranger only has one powertrain option too. Yes. But many others have options, right? If well, you look at either Ridgeline GM. has one. I guess so, that's true. Yeah. yeah. But I guess from the truck world, if you look at full-size trucks, you know, most of them have like five or six options. Well, Tacoma versions. has options. Yeah. Uh, most um, Colorado has options. And yeah. um, and the Gladiator has options too, right? Yeah. So that's kind of unique. Yeah. Anyway, um, so um, also let's talk about the configuration of the truck, right? Uh, you can get it in either a five or a six-foot bed, depending on your needs. Uh, you know, if I were getting the off-road truck. I, the Pro 4X, I would probably get the five-foot bed. It, it seems like that's a good length, and it uh, is something, of course, when you're going off-roading, it's nicer to have less length than more length for the yeah. most part. Well, yeah, for your breakover angle, for sure. Yeah. And actually, so they are offering a crew cab, long wheelbase, six-foot bed option, but that's in their SV grade. Yeah. So it goes, S is the base model, so Frontier S, um, and that's uh, kind of the base model king cab, with six foot bed, uh, so the extended, the short cab is still around, around available. Then you have the SV, then you have the SV long wheelbase, which is a long crew cab, long bed, uh, which is kind of interesting. Some people need that, right? Like if you're maybe a, um, you know, you have a small business, a plumber or some sort of electrician, you need more storage in the bed. Yeah, it's the work truck. Yeah, it's kind of the work truck version, but SV can be very nice. I also um, got a chance to, um, experienced the SV during yeah. this program. Yeah, you, you drove it and you did a video, yeah. uh, and that's coming, but uh, driving impressions are embargoed until August 10th. Uh, right. So that video won't be out till August 10th because you did talk about driving impressions. And I talked about pricing. Pricing also embargoed. Yeah. And, so, and, and, you know, we can talk about pricing now in, in kind of a roundabout manner. You know, uh, I would say, you know, it, it, it's probably going to be competitive to the other trucks. I think that's fair to say. So. Yeah, and also competitive to where Nissan was before. Before, yeah, exactly. Right. So don't expect uh, to ch drastically right. change. And that's pretty common. Yeah. I, I, I don't think any manufacturer, like, it's very rare when they jump up a lot, and it's even more rare when they jump down a lot. Yeah. Uh, not the way the world works, unfortunately. Um, and the, the other thing we should talk about is I thought this was really cool. Um, there's There used to be an old truck in the Nissan lineup called the Desert Runner, right, which was mm -hmm. like a pre-runner a classic Baja truck where you don't you want l less weight and you want to fly across the desert and you don't necessarily need the added complexity of four-wheel drive and so they rebranded that and I think it's really smart as not the Pro 4X but the Pro X so yes you see what they did there Andre they got rid of the four they got rid of the four yeah. and they said they uh, looked at many names yeah they looked at Pro 2X Ooh. they canceled that yeah uh, they looked at uh, pre-runner or you know or desert runner in yeah. fact, but they settled on the Pro X. And what this Pro X truck is is basically looks like a Pro 4X. So if you come up to it from the outside, it still has the same look. Um, you know, red tow hooks, same tires. Bilstein shocks, right, are available on that model as well. So it's got the suspension system. It's got the look. Of course, the same power plants, power plant. But they just removed the transfer case, so it has no four-wheel drive. And also no rear locker, which I thought was interesting. Because sometimes in a two-wheel drive truck, it's nice to have a locker just to get you, you know, past some sort of an obstacle. Not just that, but to, like, do crazy-ass donuts in the sand. Yeah, or in the snow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those one-wheel things aren't that cool. Uh, uh, and basically, it's a Pro 4X without the locker or without the front-wheel drive. Yeah, exactly. Right. And same look, which I think is interesting. But let, let, let us know what you think. Because um, I haven't, like, actually 
interviewed somebody who bought it. Like, I, I wouldn't buy it because I live in Colorado, right? In Colorado, we, we get a lot of snow, ice, we, we, we go off-road, I launch my boats. Yeah. Two-wheel drive is not work for me, but who does this work well, for? Well, it works for me if I'm the camera guy <laughs> watching you try to struggle up the yes. ramp in two-wheel drive with yeah. wet tires. Yeah, there you go. Uh, um, now, let's talk about uh, what happened next. So, we did a walk around of that truck, kind of looked at the accessories, uh, and then they had a whole bunch of trucks for us to drive. And because COVID's still, unfortunately, out there rampaging, ra- rampaging, sorry, uh, our country, uh, they let us uh, pick our own trucks. But we decided to drive together because we're both well, vaccinated. Well, we work together, yeah, yeah, and we're vaccinated. Well, yeah, so, so uh, the cool part there was that uh, we had uh, different choices of their new colors. Uh, and there's this really cool new green called Tactical Green. Yep. It's, it's hot right now. Dark green is really hot. It's like a forest green color. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's one of those colors that looks better, I think, in person uh, than necessarily in pictures. Uh, they also took a color from the Titan. I think it's called Cardinal Red. It's kind of this dark red, which is really cool. Yeah. And then the color that we chose, which I think was the coolest, is, what was it, Baja Storm? Is that right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Baja Storm, is we, it's kind of a sandy color, yeah. right? They also have Boulder Gray, which is kind of this, uh, some people said, uh, looks a little bit like, um, you know, concrete or, you know, one of those um, kind of matte finish colors. Um, they also have Red Alert, Deep Blue, Black, of course, and Gunmetal, which is another kind of a silver color, and also Glacier White is going to be available. So at least nine colors to begin with. Yeah, so we, we, we grabbed our Baja Storm, which is cool. Yep. Pro 4X. Uh, and the one thing that uh, they're doing with uh, not the leather trucks, but the cloth trucks, is they're taking that Lava Red from the outside and putting it on the inside. So they're including it in like that grab handle that's there for the passenger. It's a really nice accent. I kind of found ours with the leather and the stitched uh, Pro 4X to be kind of a sea of black, if I'm being honest. Yeah, so... We need, it needed that lava. And all their materials had that interior, but we never even saw a truck with that kind of interior with the orange accents, you know, kind of splashed in the truck. I would have preferred that, I too. would have preferred yeah, that, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it adds color, like you said, and just uh, m- more inviting, just the interior makes with multiple colors and multiple shades. Also, these trucks have sunroofs. So if you need a little bit more light, you know, you can actually traditional open. Traditional sunroofs. Uh, tra- not panoramic. Right. Not panoramic sunroof, but a traditional sunroof is there. So I sat in the front, and of course, the first thing you want to do, you know, when you, when you sit in the car is plug in your phone, right? <laughs> Fortunately. And there's a USC and a USB port yep. in the front and in the back. So there's four charge ports, which is nice. Uh, and they kind of hedge their bed, so you have one of each. Uh, I was surprised they still had an analog gauge. Most manufacturers now are going to digital gauges, but I like analog gauges, so while I was surprised, I was happy about it. I think they're cool. And they also have a wireless charger in some of the upper models. They do have a wireless charger. Yeah, which is cool. So it's another way to charge your phone. And uh, But you plugged in. I think we also used it to navigate. The Apple CarPlay Android Auto are available. And the big screen is on, uh, the, on the top of the line truck. Nine-inch infotainment screen is, is around. And by and, the way, like yeah. I said, we can't talk about specific prices, but figure of like 30 to 45K-ish is the range. If for these trucks. For these trucks, yeah. That's kind of what the, the current ones are at, depending. Uh, and then... Um, you know, the one thing I always like to talk about because it's becoming a little crazy are, and Nissan is actually relatively good at this, but it still is wrong. And this is Roman's rant, right? Okay. Wow. So here's Roman's rant. I'm tired and I think it's wrong for the manufacturers and the dealers now to add in uh, a destination fee, which in this case is 1150 which is 
on the low end used to be 500. Mm -hmm. Some manufacturers are going up to 1900. And then you go to the dealer and the dealer zings you usually for another 500 document fee or dealer handling or prep or some, something. And, and it just hits you at the last moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And imagine like going to, to the grocery store and buying a donut and then you go to the counter and they're like, oh, by the way, there's a 20 cent fee on top of that for delivery. I'm like, what? I think for, you know, that what it allows them to do is advertise the MSRP and kind of forget about you know the additional. Well, some cars it's two thousand or twenty five hundred. In this case, it's sixteen hundred dollars of fee that you're basically not including in the MSRP. So I think there's a simple solution, and that is do it like everybody else does it. You know, don't separate out the destination fee; just include it in the in the price of the vehicle and that then you communicate uh, yeah. you communicate and then yeah. when you're saying the msrp is include your fee and if you want to make it a thousand or if you want to, and it, the fee is supposed to be what it costs to like deliver the vehicle from the factory to the dealer but it makes no sense because whether you live next to the factory or you live in california right which is if it goes to, 2,000 miles yeah. or 10 miles it's going to be the same yeah so yeah. at this point just include it in the price and you can have it be as much or as little as you want but I think it's kind of becoming now it, initially it was wrong but I could understand it but now with the fees increasing it's just a money grab uh, and so if you're gonna be advertising it advertise the entire price not the price minus these additional fees which really you can't negotiate and this you is can not try, just but this it's is not just Nissan right it's every, it's, no, no, it's everybody it's every manufacturer that's yeah this. yeah and I'm, I'm saying Nissan is actually one of the better ones I want to see say Stellantis is up to 1500 now for delivering uh, like yeah. a Jeep Gladiator Ex or exactly. Ram truck yeah, yeah. so you know it, it was it was I, I think what happened was it became an easy way to to make additional money without having to uh, you know hit the MSRP price and it's, it's a loophole that has now been uh, you know opened up so wide you could drive a frontier through it <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm done with my hand. My hand closed. Her hand closed. So we're sitting in the truck. Uh, we're about to go um, to the off-road course. Yeah. Uh, you were driving, and I was in the passenger seat. You know, and the thing about mid-sized trucks is they're, they're kind of the right size, right? They're not too big. They're not too small. I, mm -hmm. I, I found that, you know, with the seat all the way back at 6'2", I was comfortable enough. Uh, but the problem with mid-sized trucks is usually you can't move the seat all the way back because then you will encroach onto the backseat passenger's leg room right, right. Uh, and so I'm always a little cramped in a mid-sized truck some are better than others some are I think the gladiator is really bad actually just because the windshield is so straight up I feel like my nose is up against the windshield um, the Colorado is a little tight I think the Ranger is a little bit better yeah I mean, because I, the wind, windshield is sloped a little bit more right uh, the one that I, I'm the most comfortable in honestly is a Ridgeline in terms of space both it's also the Ridgeline is wider too yeah in, yeah in terms of like it's like a it's like a good it's like a pilot right in, in there basically it's got a lot of room right this one's kind of somewhere in the middle I felt more comfortable when I was driving it than when I was passengering it I also noticed that it was very old school there's a lot of buttons arrayed in very like you know linear fashion mm -hmm. wouldn't you say so especially on the left side there's all your buttons for like your locking div. And yeah, there's a locking div. There's a tow haul mode on the left. There's several other buttons for their Nissan Shield uh, 360 driver yeah. assistance technologies. And the, the Japanese are really actually doing a good job of bringing the basic uh, safety features into the base trucks, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the domestic manufacturers, you have to pay for like autonomous braking or uh, they make you pay for blind spot monitoring or um, collision alert or assist yeah yeah uh, and the japanese because of some i guess comp competition or because they think it's right are including it even in the base trucks uh, and base vehicles and, and and that's great so i love to see 
as many safety features included in every level as possible. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're putting the loved, your most loved possessions, which is your family and your friends in this vehicle and your you know, pets too. So let's make it as safe as possible. Yeah, and also I was surprised, talking about buttons and all that stuff, you know, uh, the industry is going to like drive mode select knobs, right? So you have the, the eco, the sport, you know, maybe the tow haul modes, and it's kind of a selection where you kind of roll through them, right? Uh, but Nissan kind of didn't do that, right? They have yeah. a button for tow haul. Yep. And that's kind of it. You know, yeah, it's surprising because that's usually just software, right? So it, it's, it's a little bit of hardware where you have to have buttons or a knob or something to select the drive mode. Uh, but the rest of it is just software, right, that, that's using the ABS so, that's already in the vehicle uh, and the sensors. And the transmission the, mapping right, and all yeah. that stuff. But not there. But I'm not sure that, you know, maybe maybe the great thing that Nissan has always done is brought value and simplicity uh, and kind of durability for the most part to their vehicles. And so I, I think that this this vehicle kind of continues in that line. I would, I would agree, too. Yeah, yeah. and so, so you know, the uh, the other thing is, of course, we sat in the back, and you're 6'3", I'm 6'2". Uh, the back seat is a little bit upright, but they all are. Yeah. You're not going to have a reclining seat in a mid-sized pickup truck. And if you can do that, anybody who can do that, more power to you. <laughs> uh, and then uh, there's also under-seat storage in the back. A little bit, yeah. not a lot. So in the, when I sat in the back... Enough for uh, a handgun, not a shotgun. Yeah, we, the Pro4X trucks all had the Fender stereo system, which is amazing. I love that system. Yeah, uh, the first time I yeah. heard that was in the Volkswagen. I was blown away. Yeah, and they have a subwoofer underneath the rear seat. So that takes away some of the storage space. But if you don't have the Fender stereo, if you have you know, the more basic one, you have the wider area down there, which is great, you know, which is great storage. And also, so when I was sitting there behind where I would sit uh, when I was driving, my knees just touched the front seat and my head uh, just touched the ceiling. So I was okay, but I kind of felt like I was, you know, it's a limited amount of space for me. Yeah, yeah. For big guys, I mean, mid-size trucks are always going to be a little problematic. Yeah. Also, they said that uh, Nissan Pioneer in bed spray liner from the factory so you can get that as well yeah and this is it's available and there's also power outlets in the, in the back and in the in the tailgate kind of in the tailgate well not in the tailgate next to the tailgate right in the bed mm -hmm. so how many how many uh, volts 400 watt 400 watt. So, which is kind of standard right yeah. that's kind of where they used to be and that's kind of where they are now so don't expect yet you know to have major power output but it's good enough for some tools, charging tools, and also powering like a laptop, basically. Yeah, and then I like the fact that they still have, which is wonderful, a uh, knob for tuning and a knob for volume. So thank you, Nissan, for not getting rid of that. Uh, and the screen, you know, it was an eight inch. It starts at seven and yeah. goes to nine. Nine, okay. Yeah, uh, is bright and you know pretty easy to use. Navigation is what you would think it would be. It, it's it's kind of standard Nissan. So if you're used to if you've gotten a new Rogue or a Pathfinder, I think you'll find it very familiar. Yeah, and then, um, so we did that, and then we went off-roading. Well, before that, they also had an older hard-body truck there. Yeah, that was cool, um, yeah. We so did we did a, a TikTok. Yeah. You did a TikTok. Yeah, comparing the old hard-body yeah. to the new. And the hard-body, uh, it, was, it was never called a hard-body. Apparently, <laughs> it was called a Nissan truck. Back then, Nissan had one truck, not two. Yeah. Dare we forget the Titan. Uh, but uh, back then it was just a Nissan. And the hard body was because it was like a double wall construction. And so I guess in the advertising, but it became a hard body and then it kind of stuck. It was a nickname that yeah. really stuck. Yeah, which is cool, I think. And and then we went off-roading in Pro4Xs. Yeah, they took us up this kind of um, 
I would call it dirt road plus. So start. It was you know the, the thing about Utah is we've got kind of high arid desert here in Colorado. So a lot of our off roading is um, kind of deserty. You know what I mean? Scrubland ish. Um, and in the mountains, it's rocky. Really it's rocky. rocky in Utah because I think you get more rain. It's more like the European Alps, right? So it's much greener. Uh, and so you know it was like overgrown birch trees and then this path. And there were some pretty. Uh, and you can check that out on TFL Off Road. There were some pretty uh, steep uphills. Uh, and one of the things that they were very proud of and wanted us to try because there was a guy there who actually told us to try it was the hill descent control. So it, it does have hill descent control, which is nice. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, like I say, we can't really talk about driving impressions right now, uh, but you can see what we did on the video. Uh, and you can also hang out till August 10th, I believe, when, we, yeah. when, we'll, when we'll have videos talking about driving impressions. But anyway, uh, yeah, we went up and down hills, followed the side-by-side. -side. We filmed it. Um, and we didn't hear down. Which right, and that. it was not <laughs> correct. We didn't have time, or they didn't want us to air down. Right, um, and which would have helped a lot. And we did, um, like you said, it was kind of like a forest road, kind of chewed up forest road, but we didn't do any, like, big articulations. And right? You know, me, we just put this video out where, you know, I was complaining about the fact that the Jeep Wrangler doesn't have lumbar support, and I, I know it's not like a broken record, but I had a... BMW M3 that I rolled into a tree in Europe and ever since then my back has been pretty hosed up and so lumbar support is hugely important to me and I was all grumpy because I couldn't find it in the Nissan and then you and like, then it look was at there me. yeah you look at me like you idiot look it's not you expect it you know left on, side yeah. on the seat no it's where the Europeans put it right side on the upper part of the seat yeah so and only on the driver's side by the way only on the driver's side so yeah. there is lumbar support on the driver's side and, and it's manual yeah so I was happy when we found it, and uh, I was I was a happy camper. There you go. And then then uh, we did the off roading, and then we went to lunch, and that was really cool because they had a bunch of different trim levels and different trucks that we could drive, uh, and you actually got to go towing with it. Yeah. So they had uh, prepared um, a boat once yeah. again, um, a uh, ski boat which was about uh, twenty two footer, I believe, and it was an access boat, and they said the trailer and the boat weighed about fifty six hundred pounds. And they got it hooked up to uh, Pro4X Frontier. And that video is coming on August 10th uh, yeah. because we talk about uh, We actually got to drive up and down a pretty steep grade. 8%, dude. Yeah. It was really cool. We were just driving around like, well, let's see how this thing does. You know, it's hard to tell how a truck does on flat. And then I look up and there's this road that's like driving <laughs> straight up, up to the middle of heaven. <laughs> I'm like... Andre, look up there. <laughs> and we get on this road. It's an 8% grade. So not only did we get to haul a heavy ass boat up 8%, but we got to take it down. The one thing, once again, that in my mind is missing, and they all do this in the midsize segment, is a brake controller. Now, with a boat, Andrea was explaining you have a surge brake, so you don't really need one, mm -hmm. but I would still love a brake controller. I, I agree, and I asked them, I said, is it available? They said, no, um, it's not a Nissan accessory. Yeah. So right now, if you are towing with a Frontier, um, obviously, the hitch is available, the wiring is all yeah. there, um, all of that stuff is there. But if you need a brake controller for your trailer, you would have to go um, aftermarket and add that in. Yeah, uh, and, uh, you know, it, it was like when, I remember when the Gladiator came out, we asked the same thing, where's the brake controller? And it became this big to-do, and I think like a year and a half later, they it promised finally came. It, it yeah. finally came, and it, it was like an, uh, an option. Uh, same thing with yeah. the Ranger, if you right. remember. Right. It, was, it was the same thing. I just don't think... Either the focus groups don't think it's important, but once again, it's a safety thing, you know. Even with a surge brake, 
Uh, if you're going a long way downhill with a surge brake, you can't control how much. It's just on all the time, right? Yeah, because the trailer pushes down on it, right? Yeah, and so you can't control it, and that just leads to brake heating fade, and then yeah. fade eventually, right? Yeah. So, yeah, if you're out there, manufacturers listening to us, if you you know they're always looking for like competitive advantages, right? What what do you build the commercial on? What do you, um, you know, what do we hang the hook on when we do our review? You know, a brake controller is a great great one. Like remember GMC did that bed that they did with the carbon fiber bed, right? They built yes. a whole set of commercials around dropping stuff into the bed. Right. I can see the commercial now. Like you're. You're towing your boat with a competing truck and you go flying into the river (laughs) or the lake or the reservoir because you can't stop it and the truck sinks. That's a free one for you guys. (laughs) And then you swim out, right? And you crawl out into the boat and then the wife looks at you and says, well, this was unexpected. (laughs) Where is your brake controller, honey? Yeah, that type of thing. So, whereas the Nissan owner yeah. just backs the boat in, <laughs> so yeah, so that that's one of the things. And then, then um, you know, we we got to tow, we got to compare it to the uh, Tacoma, which is up on TFL truck. When you're listening to this, uh, and then we headed back um, to Sundance. And before we flew back to Colorado, I had a long conversation with some of the engineers. And by the way, the Nissan team is great. So guys, thank you very much. They're for, awesome. Yeah, yeah, for hosting us and for letting us ask these annoying questions. Uh, but I was asking them, I think the question that, that maybe you guys are asking, like, you know, where is the Pro 4XX or whatever you want to call it version, right? The one that competes with the Bison, the one that competes with the Rubicon. Or the Raptor. Or the Raptor. Yeah, or the Ranger like Raptor, which you yes. know is coming, right? Yeah. So uh, and they kind of looked at me like, yeah, we're working with corporate. Hopefully that's something that might or might not happen. But, you know, I think nowadays you need that, right? The Pro 4X lines up against... Not the top trim level off-road for most of the manufacturers, but the one that's below that. And they kind of talked about it in it's a way. It's not a ZR2 competitor. R- right, because it doesn't have you know either adjustable or live shocks, right? It right. Doesn't, doesn't have that. Um, and it doesn't have a white body. It doesn't have you bigger know, the, tires. the bigger tires. But this is, and I was saying, this is very simple, right? I mean, people are going to do this. Aftermarket's going to do it. How, how hard... Could it be for a manufacturer to, you know, put on a two-inch lift instead of 32s, go at least 33s, you know, throw on some aftermarket uh, lights, uh, you know, beef up the cladding a little bit. Uh, uh, the one nice thing about the truck is it does come fully skid plated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So there are three skid plates in the Pro 4X, and then there's like an aluminum one on the bottom. But, you know, I, I mean, let's face it, it doesn't direct, it might compete against the Tacoma TRD off-road, but there's no TRD Pro version. Uh, and uh, if I were Nissan, uh, just for the sake of the brand and for the sake of a Halo vehicle, I think there needs to be that TRD Pro version of the Pro 4X. Yeah, the, the true Warrior. Right. Just yeah. build the Warrior. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Yeah, and of course, this is the first one. Uh, and so, you know, I could see them coming up with one. And they're not going to tell us, right? Uh, manufacturers, no. we don't discuss future product with journalists. And we tried. We asked them about the Xterra, too. Yeah. And they're not going to talk about it. Yeah, because Xterra makes sense, too. Yeah. Because, you know, right now, the Wrangler, the Bronco, you know, all of that, the Forerunner is being redesigned. Yeah. I, I think, it was, it, it, you know, it's got to be like uh, some of the worst timing in the automotive biz. <laughs> Both Toyota with the FJ and Nissan with the Xterra walked away from the two vehicles that are now the most popular. Dude, uh, you know, I can't believe this, but they're going to sell a quarter million uh, Wranglers. Quarter yeah. million Wranglers, even with added competition. And let's face it, the Wrangler. I love the Wrangler. It's one of my favorite vehicles. 
uh, but most people are using it as a family on-road hauler uh, and not as a true off-roader. Uh, and it's not grand on-road, right? It, it's it's very limited. I mean, it, it, you know, whenever you build something that's really good off-road, it's like it's not going to be that good on-road because the two things are very different. Yeah. So, so yeah, Xterra. We don't know. We don't know. We asked. We told them. We we asked. And yeah, Pro 4XX or whatever. You know, they've got the Pro. What would you call it? I would call it the Pro 4X Warrior. That's not bad, yeah. Well, actually, this is not magic. They have a Warrior-type branding overseas. Do they really? You know, Australia has yeah. a Warrior Frontier, um, some other markets. So this is not, you know, this is not unique to us. <laughs> and, you, and you wouldn't even have to add a separate power plant. You could give it, like, more free-flowing exhaust. You know, what Honda did was really smart with the Ridgeline. They, they, they kind of off-roaded it up a little bit, right? They added bigger... Uh, Flatting, flares, yeah. and they rerouted the exhaust uh, duels, duels to go out the back instead of like one out the side. Uh, you know, Toyota does it with their exhaust on their TRD Pros, right? Which sound phenomenal, by the way, Toyota. So thank you for doing that. Uh, and I don't think it would be that hard for Nissan to do the same thing: a slight lift, you know, a more aggressive tire. These hand cooks are okay. They're okay. Yeah, put some beefy tires on there, and you know, they're just go. they're yeah. better than. You know, the, the Ridgeline has, like, off-road-looking tires, so this is a step above that. These are actually off-road tires. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, that, that would be a good idea. Um, and, you know, I think, from my perspective, I think they're going to sell. I think there's a lot of pent-up demand for the Frontier, Andre. I think, you know, they're at least the first year or two, they're going to sell every one they can make. And let's face it, right now we're in a really weird time, right, where you can't even get trucks. Or any vehicle for that. Uh, and if they're actually building them, they're going to they're gonna own the world because if you try to go get a Tacoma, you're not going to have much luck right now. Or used, Chevy Colorados, there's none on the dealer lots. Yeah, the yeah. Used, a used Tacoma is worth more than a new one right now. That's insane. It's insane. So I think if you can actually build them, and they are building them, then you're gonna, you know, you're, they're going to do really, really well. And we asked how many chips were in each one of them, <laughs> and they weren't sure. So well, we, it's, I've, it's heard, a, I've heard different stories, Andre. I've, I've tried to research this. And I've heard that, like, like, you know, each vehicle has, like, four or five major chips. And there are different kinds of chips, right? But the chips that we're talking about are, like, chips that run the transmission programming, chips that like run the motherboards, like big Big, big yeah, computers. chips that run the, you know, the, 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 the engine management, right? And I think there's, like, a half a dozen of those in most vehicles. And then there are smaller chips, I think, that, that do other things. Well, now everything, you know, your stereo system has, you know, chips, your... Your, your controls for your mirrors, right? Your everything, your what's, headlights. What's weird is I can't get a straight answer even from the engineers. Like I asked, you saw me, well, how many I, chips? They looked at me like I was mm, not sure. Well, because I think there's too many. But but yeah, they, I, somebody should know. So, so, you know, this whole chip shortage thing is um, becoming kind of this very opaque story that I can't get my arms around because I can't, you know, the, the, you know, the story is basically that you know, we outsourced the making of these chips to like Taiwan, and there was a factory that you know burned down, which was responsible for like building 80% of the world's chips. And then during COVID, then what happened was that uh, the, the car manufacturers kind of gave up their allocation of chips, and then like you know, computer and TV monitor and TV makers bought up those chips. Uh, but I still haven't gotten a straight story as to what's really happening and why is it so hard. It's, you know, the first three months I got it, but now people are saying this is going to go on. Some people are saying at least till the end of the year, and some other people are saying until this time next year. So Well, and companies are losing billions of dollars. I know. It's, it's you know, incredible. Ford is using, losing billions. GM is now this, losing This week's money. news was that GM stopped building full-size trucks. Right. 
It's that, insane. That's, that's incredible. And, and, and also, Roman, it's not as simple as, you know, let me take out the chip out of this, you know, little um, device that shows how many subscriptions we have, and let me stick it into a truck. I don't think it's as simple as that, right? No, I think Because right. a lot of computers are specialized to that task. You know, if the computer wants to do a transmission controller, it's very specialized just for that job. So it's complicated, I would say. Yeah, and we'll try to get to the bottom of it as best as we can, but we're certainly in, on the outside looking in, unfortunately. And the, and the other thing, I think a lot of manufacturers don't want to disclose all their kind of secrets. Right. It's like right? future product, yeah. Right, you know, tell me how many chips you have. Well, I'm yeah, not going to... For a while, the story was that Toyota had like planned this after that storm in Japan, right, that knocked out production in the paint factories. Toyota did like a... There was a story out there that they did like an assessment of their needs and that they found out that they, you know would be short of chips if there was a chip shortage, so they stockpiled. But now Toyota's also having issues building vehicles. Subaru has stopped building vehicles. Um, it's, it's a crazy time, Andre. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I hope it returns to normal. We, we're getting emails every day from people who are struggling, uh, you know, buying cars. And, and like Nathan just, his daughter got in a car accident. She's okay. She's okay. Yeah. Nobody got hurt, but this Pathfinder is looking like it's going to be total, total, yeah. and and you know that's happening every day to a lot of people. Uh, and then how do you go replace that if you go to the dealer? And it's funny when I picked up our Bronco, right? Um, and by the way, thank you uh, to Tim and uh, the Ronald McDonald House uh, for allowing us to get one that early and actually buy one of the first uh, editions. Uh, but I was talking to a couple of the people there. Uh, and I said, How's, how are you guys doing? And the guy said, oh, we're doing much better. We got uh, three or four trucks last week. And I'm like, three or four? No. Three, you need, Johnson's you need has, 100. has like you know 500 on their lot at yeah. any given time. Three or four has got to be a trickle. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's tough. Interesting times. All right, guys. Well, uh, once again, thanks for our Patreons or patrons. Yes. Both of them. Both of them. Uh, thank you guys for supporting us. If you want to support us, where do they go, Andre? You go to patreon.com slash TFLcar. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you can subscribe. Uh, you can. You and pledge. we'll put more videos, like early looks at our videos that yeah, are coming yeah, up. Yeah, when, when, when you become a patron of TFL, uh, you get access to videos before we publish them. Uh, and, of course, we try our best to answer your questions. We get a lot of questions emailed to us. Uh, and, you know, of course, if you're, if you're helping to support this podcast, we make sure that those questions get answered uh, as best as possible. So thank you very much. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, head on over to uh, TFL Truck and check out the comparison between the Tacoma and the New Frontier. I think you'll enjoy it. Andre was a little uh, hot. You were a little hot. Well, it was, it was a hot temperature. Yes. Yeah, and there was, uh, you know, um, people just staring Pe at us. People waiting for us. People, people circling like vultures. <laughs> trying to get there. There's only one yeah. Tacoma yeah. and a lot of frontiers and people wanted to do that comparison. All right. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, thanks for watching. Yeah. As always, this is Roman. And Andre. Uh, remember, check out tfltruck.com where Andre is busy every day posting new truck and used truck news. See you guys next time. Ciao. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. DLN's Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.